So back in 2020, I, Steven Schinder, started a podcast called Delayed Replay, recapping and reviewing the latest films. However, it got broadcast into an alternate universe, where those films got delayed and came out differently from how I was describing them. Because of how me and my guests had been describing the films, people in that other universe were saying that this was all an improvised comedy podcast, which, listening back, I can totally get why they believe that. A lot of weird stuff happened in that first year, and I even met my other self from that other universe, who pops in from time to time, for better or worse. And now, in the year 2023, this podcast continues, still recapping and reviewing movies and sometimes some other things that got delayed or cancelled in that other universe. New episode Saturdays, every other week, unless I decide otherwise for some special reason, or whatever. You are listening to Delayed Replay, Season 4. Hey everyone, I just saw that Kenpachiro Satsuma passed away. He was in multiple Godzilla movies. Uh, he portrayed a couple different monsters, uh, you know, wearing the suit, uh, Hidora and Gigon, for example, and even Godzilla himself from 1984 to 1995. So keep him in your thoughts during this time as we sort of discuss Godzilla, the franchise past, present, and future want to give a heads up that after this hour-long discussion, my other self from that other universe will review Godzilla Minus One. It'll be mostly non-spoiler. Like, it'll be completely non-spoiler up until the end part, at which point he'll give a warning that he's gonna go into spoilers. So, so yeah, keep that in mind, and without further delay, enjoy the show. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Delayed Replay, that podcast where we recap and review movies that got delayed in that other universe but came out on time in our universe. I'm your host, Stephen Schinder, and joining me again a second time, first time being the Wonka episode, is my stepmom, Enja Oni. How's it going? I'm doing good. Doing good. (laughs) Thank you. You get a concert, too. Hello. Oh, nice. Very musical family I got here. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we're talking about Godzilla x Kong, the new empire, which for us came out in April this year. In that other universe, it's coming out April of next year. Um, But before we go into that, what have been your, like, experiences, like, watching these types of movies like how'd you get into godzilla and king kong movies oh long time ago on a galaxy very very far away <laughs> even further than star wars thank you so much oh, so wow. uh godzilla yeah <laughs> that's called being old so <laughs> uh, i until so godzilla movies came on television i used to watch them on tv uh, Godzilla and of course the original King Kong back in the day so yeah just and I love Godzilla I the very first time even with the crazy dubbing that they did horrendous bad dubbing <laughs> but I love it was 
Yeah, if you see there, it. there are many doves are notorious <laughs> for being bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that was, it was horrible. But right. I love the movies. I loved them ever since then. So I've been a, a super fan for a very long time. Nice. What have been some of your favorites? Oh, my goodness. Godzilla with Mothra. Mothra, that's that's the jam, baby. I love me some <laughs> Mothra. I love Mothra. So Godzilla with Mothra, uh, the twins, of course, singing. You know, that one is good, too. And uh, yeah, so uh, the Moth with Mothra, that's my old. But that's back in the day ones. The, the ones now. Oh, um, Kong Skull Island. That's big. Okay. And uh, oh, my goodness. And this last one that we watched is awesome. Yeah. And many people, I feel like there are different reasons people watch these types of movies. I feel like a lot of them just want to see the monsters fight, but some might enjoy like, you know, maybe there are some people who want to see like the human characters with a lot of depth, or they might enjoy the allegory of like, for example, the original Godzilla being an allegory for war. Um, yes. you know, World War Two. So where do you mm -hmm. think you fall on the spectrum in terms of reasons for going into these movies? Is it like one or the other or a mix of these or like? Well, back in the day, definitely it was all about the monsters. Right. Have to, you know, who cared about the rest of it other than the <laughs> twins singing, the twins singing, they were just cute. But other than that, it was all about the monsters. But now the um, recent movies, Kong Skull Island, uh, the last um, Godzilla versus God, I love that one. Uh, so now the, the the hidden meanings, the the allegories that's in, that's really embedded in the movie. I love digging into those, and even after I finished watching the movie, thinking back on it and seeing all the little subtleties that they included. Mm. And it's it's really deep stuff, and I'm like, did anybody catch that? But me, you know. And that's what it's, it's like. I found a little treasure. Off of, did anybody get it? Did anybody see that? But there's yeah. so many. There's so many. But you know what? Even the original King Kong back in the 30s had a right. lot of subliminal stuff in there too, didn't it? It was really cool. But as a kid, you know, yeah. you're just seeing the stop motion, having yourself a good old funky time. But yeah, I, I guess back, there's like yeah. the, the capitalism thing, you know, making profit over like nature and whatnot. Yeah, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it's some cool stuff in it. So now I'm kind of a little bit of both, I guess. But I, I, I appreciate the older movies for what they are and were to me then. And now the new ones. And there's it's just so many subtleties. And I just hope people get a chance to, you know, when you check it out, enjoy the monsters and the special effects and the cin cinematography and all that but really you know think about it too uh, hopefully it opens their eyes too and just think about stuff that's happening today as well it's pretty cool yeah so as a little refresher for what happened at the end of uh godzilla versus kong in our universe so mm -hmm. you know it happened differently in the other universe but here um King Kong killed Godzilla, but like the body was still there. There's blood and stuff. Um, and it also teased that Destroya would be one of the villains in this one. And there's also another villain in this one um, that we didn't know about back then called Scar. Um, we'll, we'll get to all that. The way this one begins, 
King Kong is pretty much the leader of like all these titans, these gigantic monsters that have like pretty much come out of hiding and whatnot. But they also discover like these other bigger monsters. Like there's Scar, who is a much bigger ape and is essentially trying to dethrone him. And there's the giant crustacean like uh, monster, Destroya, who. You know, you can see in Kong's face that he feels like he's very out of his depth with that particular monster, which is why, you know, some of the human characters are basically like, oh, we need to, like, bring a, like, Godzilla-like monster to life. So what would you think of the way, like, this movie began and how it moved forward from that? Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool, but even though... I. Don't you wonder why do they have to say, oh, he won't be alone. What is that? What if, isn't King Kong, isn't he a bad, can I cuss? Isn't he a badass all by himself? <laughs> he can handle it. He can handle it. Even though I do love myself some Godzilla. Don't get, don't get me twisted. But I, I just thought I was wondering why they felt the, they had to put it in that perspective mm. that he needed the help. It's always nice to have help, but what makes you think he had, you know, oh, we have to step in to, what's that about? So I just was a little, I was a little concerned about that. But, yeah. you know, when you think of it, any way to get some Godzilla in the movie, maybe I should just shut up. Get the Godzilla, get him, <laughs> <laughs> get him. And even though um, it's that one part in the trailer when the both of them are getting ready to run and kick some butt, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I started screaming. That was a mess. Yeah. Like, I think bringing back Godzilla was probably like a, an executive meddling, like a studio decision type thing. Because in our universe, anyway, you know, with the previous one ending with the death of Godzilla, yeah. it, fe it felt like they were killing him off there because they weren't sure if they'd be able to keep the rights. But, <gasps> but then. That's chill. But then, you know, that movie did so well and it turned out that they were told, oh, yeah, you can still keep Easy Godzilla. And they're like, oh, crap, but we killed him. So they had to explain how they bring him back here. And I, I kind of wonder, like, what this would have been like if this had just been Kong, a new the new empire. But you just know that the executives thought, oh, if we have both of them again, that's what's going to be the real money-making thing you know and oh yeah that they know better they know definitely who if you who don't like kong you know you like godzilla you you're, you're covering all your bases which makes perfect sense but you know when they first developed godzilla in the first place you know it was that atomic radiation yeah so that always gives you that loophole to bring them back regardless just let, let off a bomb Psh, he's back you know <laughs> yeah they, they use like a mixture of like it's this real weird thing where they're trying to clone Godzilla, but in order to successfully do it, they have to use like an atomic bomb. So they try it in like a secure place. And this new Godzilla clone, like it still has the memories of the old one, but mm. can still remember his own death. And so like that must be a really traumatizing thing, like remembering your own death. Exactly. Then, then now what? And when you're going through all those changes, do you really want to help Kong right now? Or are you still, you know, have a little PTSD? What's going on? So I don't know. 
to have to deal with this first. Give me a minute. I don't know if I'm ready to fight yet. You know, so, but yeah, but it was, I'm glad they, they just, I'm just glad they brought him back. I'm yeah. just glad they brought him back because that was, that was cool stuff. And if you, if you can get him, what are you doing? Bring, bring him back, bring him back, you know, but you know, the fact that they're letting them team up again, opposed to fighting. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's a very classic, like, you know, even in comic books, you know, people love seeing the characters, like the heroes fight the villains, but some of people's favorite stories are the ones where the hero and villain have to work together against a common threat. So like to have that happen here, and I don't know if that's happened in any of the older movies, but for new audiences coming into these newer movies, it's like a new thing for them. Like it's a new thing for me with these characters. And uh, it's interesting because Godzilla, you know, with all the science and stuff that they did on him has evolved a bit, you know, it's got like the pink spikes and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And King Kong looks kind of like has a horrified look on his face and he realizes oh crap the monster that i killed is back and he's like if i can't keep a monster dead how can i take on these bigger ones you know exactly exactly that's a really good point but i like the way they was able to finally get them back together even though he had to come back he had to deal with the trauma of being back when having all those memories and at the same time kong going oh didn't i get rid of you already <laughs> but you're back what is that movie and they keep coming back and you're like good lord didn't i just kill you is it a zombie movie but go enough track but (laughs) what's something (laughs) where they just keep coming was it where was he it was something and they kept going you know what i'm going but anyway but yeah it was a a bunch of slasher movies are like that like (gasps) friday the 13th with jason or that's it that's it that's it i'm like (laughs) aren't you dead yet you're getting on my nerves so i'm great i'm just grateful they was able to figure out a way to tie it in and get it together but when well let you finish up because i what really got me was who the heck who directed this i can't even believe it i don't think anybody would ever see the day that this man directed a king kong and godzilla movie yeah because in our universe i guess because of I think because of how it's presented in our universe, um, this person was really impressed with how it looked and was like, I need to make one of these. And so mm-hmm. um, I think the director of the previous one, Adam Wingard, was still got like a producer credit and was a little bit involved in the development. So there was yeah. collaboration, but the yeah. director they got for this was quite a surprise. So go ahead and say it and whatnot. <laughs> so Steven Spielberg directed yeah. this movie. and But he had um, experience in it before because he did Jaws. So that right, makes sense. Yeah. That It's not like it was, even though now, now he doesn't have to worry about all those technical issues. But the fact that, and it was a passion project. I read that he, it was a passion project of his that he always wanted to do. And he finally got the opportunity. But it's so out of the box that I'm, people are going to go, what? You know, I thought he was serious now. No, he went back. <laughs> he went back old school and handling it. And I, I love it. I thought yeah. that was so cool. Yeah, because with Jaws, you know, the big draw to the original Jaws is that 
um you only see the shark really like fully like at the end and people are like oh that keeps the mystique of the shark keeps things scary i mean i personally was not scared when i watched the movie but i watched it as a teenager so go figure yeah um, uh-huh. but but you look into it and it's like no it was actually because of the technical limitations like that was sort of a happy accident that mm-hmm. it worked in their favor but apparently spielberg is like you know i kind of want to go back and like make a creature movie where you get to see the full thing and exactly here he gets to do that with multiple creatures Yes, exactly. And you know what? Considering he did a good job. He didn't lose any of his chops, which is nice. Yeah, yeah he, he he did a good job. Lots of action. Lots of action. I love that. Lots of fighting. Lots of kicking butt. That's right. So that was really good. But the composer, I can't believe that he got his favorite composer to do the music too. Well, how to, I don't, I don't know. I guess they, because they're so close, they did it. I don't believe it. I didn't even know. And you, if anyone doesn't understand, it's John Williams. And he's 91. And I didn't know yeah. he was into rap. 91 in, in rap music? Get out of here. Man's amazing. <laughs> the man's amazing. I love it. I was like, now I like you even more. Yeah. And I kept reading online, like John Williams was saying, oh, I'm going to retire. But then he goes on and does like, something like this so it was like really a surprise and it's like yeah. okay i guess you know you you can't keep him out of this thing he just it really does. wanted he, <laughs> spielberg really must have been persuasive and got him to do this <laughs> and i heard that he really enjoyed himself too so i was like you go mister you go but just the idea of those two collaborating again on this kind of a project is pretty spectacular yeah uh, do you remember like any of the lyrics to like one of the rap uh songs that he made for this and i remember the beat because you know you got a sample you got to go back sample and if i remember right he used a beat from he used a beat from rapper's delight which is awesome and that's one of the very first like big rap songs and of course i was there don't judge me everybody but yes i was so <laughs> so he had took the beat from rapper's delight rapper's delight took the beat from somebody else oh come on give me a break but anyway so that was it and so um, boom 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 and then it goes into this other stuff and i was like john williams are you that hip yeah. are you that are you hip are you hip man listen are you ever too old no i don't think so and i think he's proof of it yeah i think one of the things that he probably figured was like well i've already done all i could with all this other stuff so i'm gonna try something new here and Mm -hmm. it it really does fit the vibe of this you know like Mm -hmm. especially like during the fights themselves and like the exactly going at it it's yeah like it's not a genre that i explore very much but it works so well here it was perfect. It was perfect because he, he, he would it with the beats of the punches and the blah, blah, blah. It was, it was, it was spectacular. It really got you all involved in it. Yeah. Got you really, got you hyped up. I, I was swinging. I was like, yeah, kick his, can I cuss some more? Kick his ass. Kick his. Yeah. I was, I was in it. It was fun. Yeah. What'd you think of the inclusion of subtitles? Like, I don't know if they've done it for previous movies, but they include subtitles for the monsters themselves in this one. What'd you, what'd you think of that choice? Uh, you know what? I'm not too sure if I was in favor of it completely. Can the monsters just growl? Can they just growl? Do I really need to know what they're <laughs> saying? They just want to growl and have a good old funky time. So 
you know, I get it. Maybe, maybe it's a, it's a gentler age and everybody needs to know what they're saying. Maybe that's why they did it. I yeah. don't know, but it was okay. What about you? What did you think? Yeah, I didn't mind it. I'm pretty much used to, you know, when I watch a movie or a show, I generally put on subtitles anyway. You know, obviously oh. I can't I can't just do that at the theater unless I choose like the closed captioning version. But if I'm at home and I'm watching something, I put the subtitles on because I, I worry that I'll like misunderstand or miss something like in the dialogue that's kind of important and yeah yeah i feel like i i'm able to like just have the subtitles in my peripheral vision while focusing on the main thing that's on the screen oh, okay. and if they say something that i'm like wait what they say i just glanced down real quick and i'm like okay that's what they said okay so, well that that's a good point i was, that's a I was good fine point. with it here okay well that that's a good point um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm too old school for my own good, I guess. Cause sometimes now if I know I'm watching a, a, a foreign film and there's subtitles, I'm not into dubbing too much. I, I rather right. hear the original language and deal with the subtitles because then I get a chance as best of both worlds for me. So mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, but when it sometimes, haven't you noticed that even some movies, there's subtitle in everything just because. Maybe that's what it was. Without. Can you leave the monsters alone? You know, it, but do you, but you, have you noticed that? That they're doing more subtitles just in general with movies, even when it's in English. I mean, it's just a lot of it. Or is it just me? But I keep um, saying this. Like, I don't know, like, which movies in particular? What movie was it? There was a couple of them. I'm going to have to think. And some, and some TV shows, like movies on Netflix and stuff, they had it there, too. And it wasn't necessarily, yeah, what move oh, on? I just saw it too. What was it? And uh, they were speaking English and they had subtitles anyway. Well, maybe they had the subtitles. I was at my daughter's house, that's so Shahada's house. Maybe they're subtitle people and that's why. <laughs> maybe that's what it was. But I was like, why are they subtitles? I don't know. I have to think back. I'll definitely get back to you. I can't remember, but it was a movie that we were watching. And I just was like, they're talking English. Why is, why is there a subtitle? I'm so confused. But um. yeah, and I, I guess there were also some Pacific Rim connections in this one because mm. you know, they've been saying, "Oh, it'd be cool to do a crossover with Pacific Rim." So they kind of test out the like giant. I guess these are prototypes of the danger suits, like the big mega yeah. suit things that they use and. There are also creatures that kind of look like the ones from those movies. I don't know if they're the same ones or if they're just related, but it feels like they're basically just playing with a bunch of giant toys in this movie, right? Sometimes that's true. But what do you, do you think they're trying to create a, a, a Pacific Rim, Kong, Godzilla universe? Are they trying to do another universe now? Yeah, I mean... in. This podcast universe, that seems to be the trend, like for a bunch of these things, even when it feels like they don't really need to do that. But yeah, mm -hmm. it kind of seems like it. Um, a lot of the budget sort of went to the effects. Uh, some of these creatures were very practical, like they actually built like giant um, replicas of these things instead of using cgi and i'm like man making something that's like many stories tall that must have cost a lot what the hell like where they get all this money 
<laughs> but you know, even CGI, you see the end of the movies and it's like pages and pages and pages of the artists that you have yeah. to, that to create, maybe they figured out, Hey, it's just cheaper to build it. <laughs> Get 10 guys to build it instead of 50 million people to animate the CGI. So maybe that's what it is. Cause and I feel like practical um, effects. What was that other? Oh, oh, and before I get over there, did you see the hint? Was it me? Did I see just a little teeny bit of the Cloverfield monster in the back? Like oh, they're going to yeah. include him. I was like, Cloverfield too? Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Interesting. So I thought I saw a little glimpse of that. Like they're going to hint that he's going to be coming in there as well. So I was like, that's pretty interesting. But yeah, it, it felt like Spielberg's tip of the hat to like, you know, J.J. Abrams was involved with that. You know, J.J. Right. paid tribute to Spielberg. So it kind of felt yes. like he was paying tribute to that. Um, yeah, I thought the first Cloverfield was decent, but because of the shaky cam, it's like tough to rewatch. <laughs> but yeah. uh, the, the one after that 10 Cloverfield Lane, I thought was an amazing thriller. And then, and then the third one, the Cloverfield Paradox, which kind of goes into multiverse, I, I think it's... It's kind of a, it's a mess, that one. It was, I was it, disappointed in that one. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, they're, in, they're introducing more and more of multiple, multi, multi-dimensional yeah. uh, storylines, and they just threw that in there too. But I think the third one is the one where you actually see more of the monster itself. Yeah. Yeah, I do Right, remember. when they're coming down? Yeah, you see yeah. its entire face, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. And the uh, body too, I think he's, like they're going down out of space and all of a sudden, blah, you know, yeah. <laughs> you see the whole thing. And that's what I thought I saw, like that kitten in the background of one of the scenes near the end of the movie. And I was like, what are you up to people? Are you trying to bring Cloverfield in here too? Which, <laughs> you know, I, you know what? I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad. <laughs> yeah it Maybe. really feels like for this one they were really just okay people are here for the monsters let's just do the monster mash <laughs> exactly yeah they Everybody even included come on in. yeah they even included <laughs> a rap version of monster mash <laughs> oh that's right listen don't get me with the rap now you know that was my era <laughs> I can't hold myself. even though it wasn't gangster rap excuse me people but it was the original thank you that's a whole nother story but yeah right. and i like that so what what do you think of these fights, especially the ones against like Destroya and Scar, while like Godzilla and Kong were like teaming up against them? It was good, you know. But don't you realize? Not realize. Don't doesn't it seem to you that they do exactly the same? They're winning, then they're losing, and they got to <laughs> rally together, and they might not make it. Yeah, they do and an inspirational I'll... speech that has <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> You can do it. You're my brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, it, it feels like it, you know, Spielberg <laughs> was like even giving a tip of the hat to George Lucas because in the <laughs> subtitles you see King Kong being like, this is my new empire. And Godzilla's like, your new empire? <laughs> like throwing it back to Revenge of the Sith, which fun fact, Spielberg directed a scene in that movie. Oh. Um, that is very cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I yeah. like that. 
You know, and I forgot all about E.T., the extraterrestrial. Mm, yeah. And he was into that, too. You know what? I think we need to watch the movie again and see if we can find a little E.T. You know how they like to hide those images all over the dog. Yeah. Like, now now that you mention it, um, this giant deer that's, like, in the movie, like, it's... So like, it's it's back legs look normal, but its front legs are like it's able to pick them up, and it has like these long, slender fingers that look very much like ETs. Like it's Ooh. makes it look so alien, and it's so oh, weird. Wild. There's and I don't know if I mentioned this the last time we did this, but there's this old movie. I love me some old monsters and sci-fi movies. Love them, and it's this movie called uh, The Angry Red The Angry Red Planet. I bet Steven Spielberg that was part of the inspiration because the monster in that is a mix of a, was it a lobster and a, a lizard? And it's like three different, it, it, it's the cheapest monster you'll ever see in your life. It's like, ah, it's on strings. It was terrible. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm looking at a picture of it and it kind of looks like a bat with, um, like with, with claws. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was, was it a, so, uh, a lobster with a bat and a something else. Mm. And that's what the dead giant deer look reminded me of. I was like, he must've got inspiration from that. And then wanted to add that in and that old crazy squeal that it did. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell is that? There's no help. And it made a crazy face. Oh, it scared to pieces. And, but he used those crazy claws and like what? So yeah, they, they have like the male deers, right? They have those antler things. And so they yeah. have the antler things and that. So he's using his little crazy paw things and then button with the, th- it, was, it was wild. It was, I was waiting for the antlers to light up too and like fire come out of them or something. Yeah. And it's cool that they bring in these classic monsters like Destroya, for example, but I think adding in an entirely new monster like this really keeps things fresh. Like I think franchises thrive when they try to honor the past, but also keep things fresh by adding new stuff, you know? That is very true. That is very, very true. Cause I understand what, what it's called fan service, I think, right? Fan service yeah. when they do too much. Yeah. And I'm like, and listen, <laughs> like I like the Like there's good fan service and there's bad fan service. Exactly. Too gratuitous. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't mind a little like, oh, I like that, especially with the last Spider-Man. Don't get me started. I'm going to lose it. Oh, yeah. I cried like a baby. <laughs> I was crying and everything. <laughs> it was a mess. So I, I get that. But yeah, sometimes they go a little too far. And this one he was able to have a nice, a good balance. And by bringing those new monsters in, it, you're respecting the old, but you're bringing something new for people that this is new for them. This is something exciting. And so they'll ha- they'll get excited about it and want to really, you know, go on the adventure and find out what they're going to do next. Yeah. Like, like, I feel like having these crossover things with Cloverfield and Pacific Rim does feel a bit fan service But yes. just talking about like the kong and godzilla related creatures it feels like it wasn't too far like i i've i mean i'm this i'm gonna be throwing shade i guess but i feel like if jj abrams made this there would have been like a lot more fan service and people would have been like really mad or whatever been a lot more lens flares too yeah (laughs) (laughs) 
here's another lens flare. Bam. I mean, it's okay, but sometimes it goes a little too far. Sorry, JJ, but you do. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what'd you think of how the human characters were utilized? Because we've got people like um, Rebecca Hall as yeah. a doctor, uh, Brian Tyree Henry, uh, Dan Stevens plays a trapper who's trying to trap some of these creatures, which is insane because they're gigantic. Um, what'd you think of the human characters and their screen time compared to the monster's screen time? You know, the, it wasn't too outrageous. They didn't give them a lot, enough to push the story along, but not so much where, you know, it was just like, okay, I had enough of you, Lady Wisdom monster. I don't want to <laughs> see it. I was, I was grateful that they brought her back specifically because that was a nice tie-in to the last movie and brought it in and so and so. Oh, come on. What's his name? The gentleman that plays Loki. Tom Hiddleston. Thank you. I'm so grateful that they gave him a special little uh, cameo. I thought that was perfect because mm. it brought him in from the Kong one. I was like, thank you. Thank you. So I thought that was really, really cool. I screamed. I screamed <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I was like, yeah, is that? No. I love those secret cameos. I think they are so cool. Yeah. I think they are so cool. So him having just a little bit. I liked her there. I liked the fact that you had a little shot of him and, you know, got excited. But they, I don't think they would, it was too, too much. But what do you think about that? Do you think that they need those human characters to, oh, the audience doesn't know any better. We need them to explain everything. I mean, what do you think? <laughs> well, it's funny because I feel like when the 2014 Godzilla movie came out, the huge complaint was they focused on these human characters, but the human characters you know, the way that they acted and were written, like, weren't that interesting. Mm -hmm. So for the sequels and the prequel, I guess, uh, it feels like they were trying to make the humans more interesting because, you know, we live in a time where people, when, like, there, people still want to just watch monsters fight each other. Like, you get the fans and audiences who just want to see, like, mindless destruction, um, for better or worse. But there are like fans who or audiences viewers whatever who want more something deeper and you accomplish that with human characters who are well written so um but i feel like for this one because the previous one was so successful and the reception seemed to be yeah it was so cool seeing kong and godzilla fight each other and there wasn't as much buzz about the humans like i felt like they dialed back on the humans even more here and uh, almost to the point where it feels like the humans were um, sort of added in after the mm. fact. Um, maybe this has happened before and I just forgot. Like it's a familiar feeling, but yeah, it kind of feels like they shot the monster stuff first and they're like, okay, uh, we got to get some human actors. Um, well, let's shoot the scene here and here. This is how you react and that type of thing. I mean, um, do you think that's the reason why they added Tom Hiddleston in there just to give it a little extra of a, a yeah, little extra like, cheese on the nachos type jazz? Yeah. <laughs> just a little <laughs> connective tissue. Um, but yeah, the human characters, um, whenever they did focus on them, you know, this is set like around Tokyo and we see the Fuji Mountains as well. But in Tokyo, we see like families who are from there and families who travel there from like america so you got a mix of 
people in the cast um and adam driver even plays like this father named paul which i'm not used to seeing him play a dad apart from like a marriage story but i think he did a pretty good job with what little he was given um we kind of got that spielberg touch you know where the moments or the families like everything's gotta be all right okay you know like the classic like um my friend calls spielberg's style like kind of schmaltzy you know it's like very sentimental so you kind of yeah. get that feel yes here. true that is very true and i totally spaced i think i i forgot all about adam driver being in it because of the makeup he had on and he they really transformed him into looking so up so, a way that you're not used to seeing him yeah so like, i my... i totally spaced it so thanks for bringing him in yeah like they shaved off of the like like you know we're used to seeing his face a certain way and it's yeah. like a facial hair versus no facial hair type thing yeah and yeah yeah um and i feel like they even added like i don't know maybe some a few wrinkles here and there to, yeah some I guess, prosthetics yeah, yeah prosthetics yeah they did they did it made him look older yeah give so, him a more fatherly look <laughs> yeah exactly who did they do that to and i was blown away Oh, Tropic Thunder, Tom Cruise. I oh yeah. I didn't even know that was him. Yeah. I was like, uh, get out. Yeah, I didn't either until like a while <laughs> after I watched it, and you and I were talking about it, and you're like, Tom, how's Tom Cruise? I was like, wait, what? <laughs> it was amazing. I loved it, but they they gave him the Tom Cruise effect, which was very cool. Which is very yeah. cool. And I, it's some. I do you think that some actors need to do that just to really. Uh, just to really get into the character more or just to change people's perspectives of them, you know, cause he I like, mean, he's, he's like, I'm, he's a star Wars guy. I mean, every, you know, to just get people out of that mindset. I don't know. Cause when I watched him in a marriage story, um, Mm. recently um mm -hmm. you know, it, that had been out for a few years, but I finally yes. got around to watching it recently. Whenever he talked, I did, sometimes think about how like his kylo ren voice in star wars when he's just wearing the mask like the voice is basically just his normal voice and so yeah i thought that now and then but in a marriage story like his acting like especially when they have the when he and scarlett johansson have the argument later in the film it's like so good and so on point i'm not even thinking about his star mm. character so i think mm. for here I don't really think prosthetics were necessary. Um, mm. I, I feel like they kind of maybe wasted a bit of money on that, honestly. But, <laughs> um, there are some movies where people use prosthetics and I don't even notice it. Like that movie Looper where Joseph Gordon-Levitt is playing on like yeah. a younger Bruce Willis. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't even realize he was wearing prosthetics. I just saw, oh, okay, yeah, he definitely looks like he could be a young Bruce Willis, but apparently they did put prosthetics on him. Yeah. So that was kind of more subtle, I guess. Yeah. And for me, it helped me. It, I totally spaced he was in a movie. So I just took him as the other actor. And you know, those times when you're looking at the end credits and you go, oh, yeah. I, oh that was him. It, that was kind of thing to me. I was able to just kind of separate him from everything else he did and just kind of just be totally immersed in that character for that movie so i like that a lot i like that he did that yeah um and, and 
you know, getting back to the fights between these monsters, you know, at some point, Godzilla gets, like, a tree club thing. Uh, King Kong fashions out, like, this giant hammer. Um, so basically, You gotta do it! Yeah, gotta do it for the, like, big, like, <laughs> triumphant return to the final fight type thing against, like... That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, against Destroya and Scar, so... What what'd you think I of how, how this final fight went? I loved it because that's when the So yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's when they broke in the music, baby. They brought that in. They was like, woohoo. Yeah. Well, you know, you gotta have a little bit of that music with a tree trunk thing going on too, right? Yeah, yeah punk, kick everybody's butt, kick it. I love that. I love the the way that uh, John Williams really brought in that kind of an energy with the music to just heighten everybody's excitement when he was doing some serious. He's back. He healed. The scars are gone. Yes, he can fight through the pain. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can do it. You can do it. As a but you didn't it interesting how they changed the um because the colors of Godzilla's um, spiky things. So it was yeah. one color, then it's another color, and now it's another color. So what do you think about how they changed his colors throughout the movie, and what do you think that those colors symbolized? Well, I think it, if you, like, look at, you know, if this is where, like, the subtitles kind of helped me, because, you know, they mm. helped me clock in on what Godzilla's emotions were. I feel like they change depending on Godzilla's mood. Um, <gasps> but, like a mood ring. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but, nice. Yeah, but um, during this final fight, there's a moment where it sort of switches between, like, all the colors in a really quick fashion. And, um, um, yeah. you, you know... um. Destroya and Scar at some point they pit those two against each other because you know they're both like the big giant more giant things but then mm -hmm. those two realize oh wait we could team up and get rid of these littler monsters and then we could fight each other so that's when things are looking uh kind of dire but then you know Godzilla with like the radiation and you know the cloning signs that they used on him um, mm -hmm. They discover that Godzilla and King Kong can like merge together into this one super monster that has like four arms, four legs, and two <laughs> heads, and it's very much shaped like an X. So you know they're very much feeding oh. into Godzilla X Kong. Thing. Oh yes! And so now they get like the upper hand against Scar and Destroya once they're united like that. Are they trying to tap into Transformers things now, too? Oh, I, I was being reminded of Digimon, but yeah. Oh, I yeah, yeah, too. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, what's going on? Yeah. That was really cool. That was cool, too. That was it. Oh, my goodness. Wait a minute. Didn't they have, like, a a, a dinosaur uh, in Transformers that was like Godzilla? Yeah, it's... Yeah, there was one that had Dinobots. I think it was um, the f it was either the fourth or the fifth Transformers movie. I don't remember which one because like they were pretty terrible. But um, yeah, there and were like some a... Dinobot Transformers. And didn't they have a? Was there a Godzilla one too? 
Maybe it, it, it's, it's been a while. I, oh, I there was a there gorilla was... one in Rise of the Beasts. Uh, more there recently. it is. Yeah. Ooh. Somebody's <laughs> taking other people's ideas. Steven Spielberg, Mr. Spielberg, shame on you. So <laughs> it was. <laughs> Yeah, I just realized he was he was dipping in their stuff. Yeah, I mean he helped um produce uh, at least one of those earlier movies, I think, Transformers. Oh. So, you know. Well, I guess that means he can does that give him the right to kind of uh, I guess it does. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Yes. Ooh. All right. Well, I'm not going to put anybody on blast. I think that's interesting though. <laughs> I think that's interesting. But that was a, that was a cool effect, regardless, even though it sounds like you took it from Transformers. But uh, the fact is, it was a very cool effect. And yeah. it gave them like all those extra powers. And then King Kong's eyes changed with the um, like the same color as the spiky things. That yeah. was very cool. He was able that to shoot cool. shoot lasers out of his eyes. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Godzilla still got a chance to keep his fire. Yeah. yeah, to do the fire. So that was that was a cool effect. I'll, I'll give it to them. That was cool. I, I I didn't mind that at all. Yeah, I remember the audience in the theater that I was in when I saw this was like cheering when this thing happened. We were like, Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> That's the last thing you would ever expect. That's why I was like, "What's going on?" Yeah, that was good. That was that was a good one. I like that. Yeah, so Destroya and Scar basically burned to a crisp, uh, thus solidifying that Kong and Godzilla are superior to them. I guess they're able to, like, split themselves apart from each other. Like, I don't know how the science of that works, but it was kind of weird to look at. Yeah, all of a sudden it's like, clack, 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 and then all of a sudden it was separated. But even though the um, the two villain monster people were burnt to a crisp, so what did you think about them? Because then they put them in like a big crate, you know, shipping crate thingies, and then they flew them onto an island. Are they trying to say that they can come back? Yeah, that felt like Spielberg referencing himself with the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Hello, here we are. Here we are, and. Uh, the other, you know what? He was dipping in everything. Um, the island one, you know what I'm talking about. And they had the dinosaurs on them. Jurassic Park. Thank you. Sound of, <laughs> the the island was... one with the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what is it? So I was like, you know what? I said, what? Is he doing Jurassic Park too? I was like, how many, how many references are you going to do? How many is it? But it seemed a little bit Jurassic Park-ish to me. Yeah, it almost feels like Spielberg, you know, he put out that movie, The Fablemans, which was semi-autobiographical, and then was yeah. like, you know what, this isn't enough. I need a movie that includes references to all the movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh my goodness. So you, what, the crate was just like uh, the refrigerator? Uh, oh, <laughs> like a, the... Yeah, the <laughs> yeah, from Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what a throwback. I know, I know. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah, he did. He he referenced quite a well, you know what? Maybe that's a good thing. You know, kind of like, you know, it's not that he's done, but what a better way to like encapsulate all these different things that you did and other things that inspired you into one 
movie that was your dream project in the first place. I think, I think that's pretty cool now. Mm, yeah. And like, even though um, aliens are very much a part of at least a few of his movies, it feels like he at least incorporated like an alien type look for some of these creatures, you know? Yeah, so. that's true too. And that goes back to the practical effects that we talked about before, because in Aliens 2, they use a lot of practical effects for the mm. aliens crawling. So he went back into that too and brought that forward. And there are some practical effects that I think are even better, especially now. They just, mm. they do, it really does give it a real feel to the movie. And CGI is good and some of it's amazing, some of it's horrible, but <laughs> a lot of it's <laughs> yeah. a lot of it's amazing, but that extra little something, I think that brings a little something to it too. Yeah, like the CGI for, like for example, I really love the CGI in the recent Point of the Apes movies, but mm. for some of the superhero movies, it feels like they could have taken more time with some of the CGI, or even maybe dialed back some of the CGI and gone practical for certain things. And like if people used less CGI for superhero movies, I think people would be less hard on them. Like that would, that's just one of the things that I think um, is sort of the problem that people latch onto with superhero movies, you know? Yeah, it, it, it is tending to get a little bit of the burnt out. And I do, I agree with you. I think that's the reason why. Because, okay, okay, CGI, CGI, CGI. You want that real feel to it and which one and i know we're a little off subject but which one of the um of the superhero movies either dc or marvel either one that you think um use more that that felt as if there was more of a practical aspect to the fight scenes and everything else i know the one that i think so i want to know what you thought i think well it's easy to go back to the earlier ones like you know like uh the toby Maguire spider-man movies yeah. or mm -hmm. the dark knight trilogy or even early mcu with like the first iron man mm -hmm. um i feel like in terms of more recent stuff the guardians of the galaxy movies like even if there is cgi here and there like i feel like it's not as um as obviously cgi like it feels like they go all out with like the colorful sets and prosthetics and stuff where it feels a bit more real than some other things, if that makes sense. Oh, that makes, I didn't even think about them. And the one that came to my mind, and I know there's CGI in it, but uh, the fight scenes and stuff was um, the Winter Soldier. Oh, yeah. That's definitely yeah. one of the more grounded ones. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really like that one. And even the, especially the fight scene in the elevator. Yeah. <laughs> that's my that, favorite. That's, that's a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. I was like, how did he do that? And you, you can tell that it was seriously choreographed and just what a great, just, I, I just love it. I just love it to pieces. Yeah. I also think maybe, you know, another criticism for superhero movies is it always feels like they're just trying to set up the next thing. I feel like if they stopped doing like, mid-credit and post-credit scenes i think some mm -hmm. of those criticisms would maybe lessen a bit like just focus on making the story at hand and make it look kind of standalone but later on it'll still matter in some way 
Mm. Um, you think so? You're saying that you think they're going a little too crazy with the post credits? Maybe. Like sometimes they can still be exciting, but other times it's like, yeah, okay, it's just an ad for the next thing, you know. Mm. Um, so, so what do you think about the the post credits that they did? Yeah. With... <laughs> You know where I was going. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What What do you think about the post credits that they put with uh, Kong and Godzilla? Yeah. It, so it felt like a bait and switch because, like, you know, with the crate thing you mentioned, they put that before right. the credits. And it's like, oh, that feels like something they would put after. But okay. Yeah. Spielberg's going old school, changing it up. But yeah. But no, I guess he was forced to put like a post credit thing, and it's basically like. You know, Godzilla and Kong are like, it shows that they're each in charge of a couple different parts of the world. And you're kind of wondering, like, have they made peace or haven't they? And they're also like looking up at the stars, um, which uh, I, I guess it's very like in different parts of the world but i guess these moments aren't at the same time because if they're in different parts it would have to be at night time and you mm. have to have those at different times but mm -hmm. it's like they're looking up at the stars and i'm like i wonder what that's all about so yeah it kind of feels not too concrete like a commercial but it does make you wonder like what's this all about why are they looking at the stars is this supposed to be like an open-ended like leaving the door open type thing or are they just like being fil waxing philosophically thinking about the mystery of the universe or whatever like what's going on here like what's your take on that i think they're both looking up because the next they're thinking the next threat is going to be some alien coming down <laughs> <laughs> that's what yeah. i think yeah so they're gonna be like oh no like both of them can sense it this isn't the end. Yeah. I there's think, there's I think another villain um, coming. Yeah, I think because like the Cloverfield monster, they're aware that that's from space, possibly. Right. So they're like, there's more than just what's on this Earth. So exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh huh. I think that's what they're up to, which is like, so uh, the next movie will be out when? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Godzilla v. Kong v. Cloverfield v. <laughs> Batman. No, I don't know. <laughs> oh man, that would be I'm not sure that I would like that, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's I, I kind of like that they didn't get too specific with it. So Yeah, they kept it pretty yeah. open-ended, which was that was cool. That was yeah. cool. But you know what when they brought the um and they met, did you remember that last shot that they had with the container and they brought it to the, the island? What's, what's that movie? Come on. I think it was, was it the second or the third Star Trek movie uh, when they left that, um, the pod that Spock was in? Oh, yeah. Like they right? left. Yeah, that happened at the end of Wrath of Khan, the second one. And then 
the next one was a search for Spock. So yeah, there it is. There it is. So that's that's what that was a callback for me to that. I was like, what are you trying to say? So he's gonna put him on the island, and then dun dun dun. The, the, you see the the uh, the the they pan in through the the leaves and everything, and then it's the container, and then you have them looking up in the sky. I said, what are they up to now? What are they up to? Yeah. But whatever it is. I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> I want some more. Yes. So I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> I'll right. definitely you got me again. You got me. What can I say? You got me. Do you think that now that Steven Spielberg got this one done, do you think he'll do another one? That's a good question. Cause for so long, I, I feel like he was one of those guys who, would rarely if ever do a sequel like uh, he did the indiana jones ones but for some of the others he was like nah i'm not gonna do the sequel to that so i feel mm -hmm. like it could go either way like i don't know i guess it depends on like what the studio might say okay here's what the next direction is and maybe he'll like answer yes or no based on that or maybe he'll be busy with something who knows but yeah, I guess we'll just have to see. Yeah, because I thought he was like the, one of the few directors that the studio doesn't interfere too much with. Hmm. You know, they might stick a little here and there, but they they kind of like, listen, if you got him, just shut up and mind your business. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and let him do his thing. Yeah, he, Go he's, away. Go he's away. got a lot of pull. Like, that's how he got the mm -hmm. job for this movie when he was like, hey, I want to do this. Yeah, and who's going to say no to that? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you want that? Sure. Back it up. Back up the truck. <laughs> yeah. Full of cash. <laughs> yeah. Full of cash, people. Yeah. Uh, are there any final thoughts you have on Godzilla X Kong? Or do you want to just go into like final thoughts and score? And I, If whoever didn't get a chance to see it yet, they should see it. I think... It's a phenomenal piece of work. I think that everyone will be amazed at the story, the action, the surprises woven into the story along the way. I think that everyone is going to have such a great time. And please message Stephen if you scream when you... <laughs> If you, the parts that made me scream, if you screamed too, I want to know about that one. Cause yeah, I, I enjoy myself and I highly recommend it. All right. And what would your score out of 10 be? And what would your, you know, of measurement for that score be like an object related to the movie or something instead of stars, well, you know? Oh, oh, oh yeah. What would I do? <laughs> <laughs> What's those clubs? I'll give it 10 plus clubs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yes, Kong Clubs. I'll give it 10 clubs for sure. Nice. Yeah, I, I think my score is a little lower. Like, I still enjoyed this. Um, I think I would have liked a bit more of the human stuff, but I know that, like, lots of people, like, that's not what they go in for. They go in for, like, the monster fights. But, yeah, I think I'm going to give this one 8 out of 10 uh, merged titan monster things <laughs> okay <laughs> I'll, okay i'll accept that i'll accept that that's cool yeah you know maybe 
oh, okay, that's enough. A little bit of people and get out of the way. Right. <laughs> I'm going to camp. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, oh, well, yeah, thanks thank for- you, Stephen. You, you know, I love, oh, I love talking about this. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and people, if you, when you have time, go back and watch the older movies. I mean, yeah. they, they're going to be dated. They're going to be wacky looking to you. It's not going <laughs> to, some things are going to be like, what the heck? But there's so much history there. Uh, and it'll, yeah. everything will make a little more sense. I think if you get a chance to just in, enjoy the history of it all. Yeah. And I think one can at the very least appreciate like the work that went into like building, like the miniatures of the creatures and stuff. So stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, thanks for joining me again. Um, is there any My pleasure. Where can people, uh, did you want to like advertise your like services or Oh, well, thank you, Stephen. Thank you so much. So uh, anyone that's interested in uh, any of my artwork or my design uh, series, oh my goodness gracious. Uh, And I just started doing a, um, but you have to be in the area, it's local, but I just started doing classes and it's called Cocktails and Crafts. Hello. Hello, everybody. And it's Cocktails and Mocktails. So if you're in the Phoenix area, uh, and you want to come up for a wonderful event, uh, I'll be doing that once a month starting this month. And uh, just look for um, advertisements and posts about it. You can reach me at The Art of Inja Oni on Facebook, uh, The Art of Inja Oni on Instagram. I'm even on TikTok. Yeah, baby, what's happening? <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, you're, you're more you can always <laughs> That is impossible. So, <laughs> and you can always reach me. Uh, this shout, shoot me a line on my email, of course, and say, "Hey, girl, what's going on?" And it's Inja N J A at N J A O N E dot com. All right, nice. And I'll put those links in the show notes as well. So, yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess I'll do it for this one. And without further delay, have a good day. <laughs> Thank you so much, Stephen. It was a blast as always. All right. So the next episode will be on Ghostbusters Frozen Empire. In just a moment, my other self is going to provide his review of Godzilla Minus One, non spoilers. And if there are spoilers, he'll give a warning beforehand. Like that'd be at the very end. Uh, So. Uh, In the meantime, you can reach out to this podcast via delayedreplaypodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on the monster mash, I guess. I don't know. Uh, You can also follow me at Steven Schinder, Instagram, X, Threads, uh, Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook, uh, stevenschinder.com and find my standalones and stepping stones novels on amazon and i'm also on letterboxd and goodreads Uh, all these links will be in the show notes and if you're a music fan you might be interested in uh, listening to yes shift or watching yes shift a podcast slash vlog i do with my dad We did our holiday slash year in review episode uh, this past week, 
And yeah, we talked about the 1998 movie Jack Frost, the Michael Keaton one, not the horror comedy that came out like a year or two beforehand. Um, yeah, that one is like big yikes. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything. So uh, in the meantime, I'll throw it off to my other self with his review of Godzilla minus one. Hey everyone, so anyone who does, or I almost said does not know me, but people who do not know me probably wouldn't know this, but anyone who does know me uh, knows that I'm not really a fan, or haven't really been a fan of giant monster movies. Like, Cloverfield kind of had an allure to it back in the day because of the found footage thing but because of the shaky cam it's not that watchable upon rewatches um there have been a couple exceptions one giant monster movie i really liked was colossal the anne hathaway movie but it was very different from other types uh, others of those types of movies and it was more psychological in a way I guess you could say uh, Pacific Rim when I watched it uh, way back like it didn't really do much for me so and you know I enjoyed the 2005 King Kong the Peter Jackson one although I guess it could have been trimmed a little bit uh, the 30s and 70s versions of that were like you know, I thought they were okay, but I didn't like them as much as the 2005 one. And, you know, the Monsterverse, uh, I guess, kind of mixed. The 2014 Godzilla, I really did not, I didn't really like. Uh, but the ones after, I feel like were better. Like Kong Skull Island was definitely better than 2014. Uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters was probably my favorite of the bunch. And then Godzilla versus Kong, I thought that was fine. Um, so I'm not really sure how excited I am about the next one in that series. Um, yeah, I, I gave Godzilla versus Kong a 7 out of 10 um, a couple years ago. But uh, people kept on talking about this new movie Godzilla minus one you know this one is from Toho not from legendary uh it so it's in Japanese it features Japanese characters it's set in Japan so uh, there was a lot of rave reviews and reception um even from like people I know and so I kept wondering, like, should I go see this? And my friend Zach from Intergalactic Peace Coalition, he came to Hollywood and I met up with him there since I live not too far from Hollywood. And he mentioned the movie as well. And so I kept hearing people talk about this movie and I was like, there's gonna be this um, Godzilla X Kong episode of the podcast my other self is going to record so 
I decided, what the heck, I'll watch Godzilla Minus One and review that. And I was really surprised how much I loved it. Like, it's... it. If it's not a 10 out of 10, it's pretty darn close. You know, a 10 out of 10, um, I, I don't know, roars, uh, I guess that's my unit of measurement. It really had a lot of humanity to it. So when Godzilla shows up very, like in the first act, like very early on, at first, I thought, huh, he doesn't really look that... I, I don't know, kind of feels like more work could have been put into how it looks, like, in the first scene that he's in. But when you see him again much later in the movie, or I don't know why I said much later, you know, time is relative, but the point is it's later in the movie. When he shows up again later in the movie, he looks like the visuals look incredible. But all that aside, this is a very human story. You know, this this version is its own continuity. It's not set in any of the other Godzilla universes, but is, from the looks of it, very much influenced by the 1954 original. You know, the original touched on, you know, as an allegory for what Japan went through during like the end of World War Two with the bombs and whatnot. So this new one actually takes place uh, or it begins at the end of World War Two and we see Tokyo in the aftermath of the bombings there. And this has felt more I, I don't know what the word is. Like it real you know, we've seen post apocalyptic movies, you know, movies set in a future where society has collapsed and the buildings are like in ruins and whatnot. But this hit much harder because this actually happened. This was history and this is like it really made me think, you know, people had to live in these awful conditions in the aftermath of the bombings and it really reminds you just the horrors of war and whatnot and throughout the movie there's this running theme of how people put so much value on you know people have to die for their country but people forget to value life and, you know, that's what's more important than, you you know, kill this person or die uh, to uh, make your country proud, you know, that type of thing. The main character is, was supposed to be a kamikaze pilot, but he didn't do his duty and he feels guilty about all the suffering that you know, he feels like he could have made a difference and, like, so many people have died and so he's seeking redemption and then also seeking revenge against Godzilla and we see how a, a family of people can be formed in the aftermath of such a horrible event in war, you know, 
you know, an adoptive family and whatnot. And once Godzilla resurfaces, we see people trying to rally together against this threat. And this was also the first time I really felt Godzilla was scary. Like, seeing him go through the city and the way it was filmed and of the way people reacted and, like, the way the destruction was handled, like, it felt very real and very terrifying. It, yeah, and it's, I I don't know what else to say that, like, it, it just, like, hit hard. It really did, and it was so well made, and apparently the budget was less than $15 million, which is very impressive there was maybe only one shot where i was like oh this feels like this was against a green screen and you know i'm i think it probably was i could be wrong but yeah just the craft that went the craftsmanship that went into this film and the acting the writing it really impressed me i'm really questioning whether this might be my favorite film of the year, or if it's still Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Either way, it's something that begins with a G, and, it, you know, the first syllable of both of those titles are almost completely similar, so, you know. And they both have an L in the title, but yeah. Uh, this was... Uh, people need to see this movie. It, it was, truly is a cinematic experience. And it made me want to check out other Godzilla movies. I went back and watched the 1954 original, you know, the Japanese version. Because I've heard that the American version, you know, not only, uh, like, from what I understand, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, it has an English dub, but, and includes scenes with um, non-Japanese protagonist i guess um what's the actor's name uh raymond raymond burr and it cuts out the content that is a commentary against what america did to japan uh you know so that it would be more palatable for american audiences i'm guessing runtime it looks like it's a half hour shorter than the original so you know i have not seen this version but the cuts like from how it sounds it sounds like it's probably an inferior version so i watched the japanese original and i was surprised how it did not you know godzilla the monster himself and how he looks does not feel as goofy as i was kind of expecting the movie was very much serious it you know, it didn't hide really what it was trying to do and what it was trying to say. So it really is an impressive feat for its time and still looks impressive in my opinion. I'm probably gonna see what other Godzilla movies uh, I can find. Um, I did also watch Shin Godzilla, uh, like after seeing that one, and because I'd heard that Shin Godzilla is supposed to be really good. I, I heard it from a couple friends, I, I think, like, several years ago. Okay, so 
The effects for Shin Godzilla look really good, and there are some really great camera shots, especially later in the movie. But at the start, it felt like there were so many rapid cuts, and I don't know if it's just that I have different sensibilities or, or what, but those rapid cuts felt very distracting, and the conference room scenes kind of kept reminding me of The Office and just a way, like, things are set up. You know, there's no talking head interviews, and it's not a mockumentary. It's not filmed in a documentary style, really. But at the beginning of the movie, I was kind of getting Diary of the Dead vibes. When Godzilla first appears, he has these googly eyes that make him look really goofy. And the way that his this rubbery-looking neck moves, it's just... It was kind of distracting. He didn't really look menacing, but later on, he he does evolve a couple times and looks much better. Like, final form especially, it looks... You know, people... It, it's basically showing, like, the bureaucracies and how they try to deal with the problem of Godzilla... But I think because of the shaky start for this one, it was kind of hard to care as much. And maybe some of the meetings, you know, some of those scenes kind of went on a bit long, especially in the second half. But overall, it was pretty... It was mostly well-made, I would say. You know, that one was more of a modern uh, retelling of Godzilla, so it's not in any of the other continuities it's more like hey what if godzilla showed up today in the 2010s you know when when that one uh, came out um and so i would give the original from 1954 an 8 out of 10 and shin godzilla a 7 and yeah godzilla minus 1 feels like a complete masterpiece uh, especially like for today and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Godzilla minus one you know even after I watch more Godzilla movies I wouldn't be surprised if Godzilla minus one turns out to be the best one in my eyes so yeah those are my thoughts go see it it's so good and it pulled off the miracle of making me interested in checking out more Godzilla movies. Um, I have heard that some of the ones from like the 60s or something get kind of goofy, you know, 60s, 70s maybe. Um, I know that the late 90s one, like people really don't like that one, but I'm still curious about some of these other ones. Uh, so yeah, that's my non-spoiler review of Godzilla Minus One. And in terms of spoilers, um, I'll uh, I think I'll I'll say a somewhat mild, a somewhat spoilery thing. That's you know if you don't want to hear it, you know turn this off now. Uh, this is alludes to something that happens at the end. Uh, but yeah, so uh, if you don't want to hear it, uh, just uh, get off this podcast and without further delay. Have a good day. But yeah, the ending does something 
that I've been saying that I wish The Last Jedi had done. However, if The Last Jedi had done this thing, maybe it wouldn't have been as impactful seeing it here if we'd already seen it in in another you know in a blockbuster that was somewhat recent like i know the last jedi was six years ago and it doesn't seem like that long ago but you, you know what i mean but yeah the thing that it does at the end that i wish the last jedi had done does a better job of conveying that save what we love type message it does it in a much cleaner way and in a way that could have been done in the last jedi people know that there are some things i love about the last jedi but there are also some things i feel very clunky so to me overall it's a middle of the road star wars movie i do get annoyed by people spending so much of their energy hating on the movie i mean like i said it came out six years ago but anyway godzilla minus one did the thing and it fits so well with the overall message and the themes that persist throughout the movie uh, you know so great movie i love the characters and you know even if godzilla had only showed up in the first scene and then didn't appear again it could have still been a very compelling movie focusing on human characters dealing with the aftermath of world war ii uh, maybe you know the main character still haunted by godzilla uh, i'm not saying the character's name because i'm worried about mispronouncing it but um yeah like these yeah <laughs> i don't know what else to say great movie um there's a scientist character who i think was my favorite character especially because uh, he's realistic and saying uh, that, you know, he comes up with a plan and people are saying or asking if it's really going to work. And he keeps their expectations in check, not knowing if they'll completely succeed. But it's also like, hey, this is, I have a plan. Like, can you think of anything else? And, you know, that's all they got. And he also, like, talks about how you know the thing about people putting too much value on war when there should be more value on family and saving and preserving their own lives uh, so you very thought-provoking Godzilla movie and that's really the best that we can ask for and they they nailed it they nailed this assignment uh, I guess you could say so yeah, those are my thoughts on Godzilla Minus One, and uh, without further delay, have a good day.